Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. Bruner Veltliner, Zweigel, and Blau Frankish. These are three of the grapes that are grown in Austria. I bet people have never heard of them. And I have a little saying, if you can't pronounce it, you should be drinking it. So this week, to help me out with that mission to get people drinking little-known varietals, I have Klaus Wittauer. He is Austrian-born and bred and uh, a huge fan and advocate for the Austrian wine business. He's going to talk about these delicious and food-friendly wines that I have right in front of my face. And all about Austrian wine and why it's such a great value. Now, Klaus, you didn't start in the wine business. You actually went to school for hotel restaurant management in Salzburg, worked at some amazing restaurants around the world, right? That is correct. And then through that, started to really gain an appreciation for the wines of Austria, France, all over the world. And that came together with you making, you know, my mission is to demystify wine. Yours is really to promote and get everyone trying the wines of Austria. Is that right? Kind of. That was my crazy idea I had <laughs> 14 years ago. I even started a little bit earlier when I was uh, sommelier at L'Auberge Chez Francois. Uh, Easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, well, don't ask me more French. That's about all I can say. Even uh, so, I worked in French restaurants. But even there, I think I was a pioneer because uh, L'Auberge, even so a French restaurant, it's an Alsatian restaurant. Mm. And I recommended Rieslings and Gewürztraminers and people looked at me and said, oh, I don't like sweet wines. And right. I said, just trust me. And I think a lot of people really enjoyed them with the food. Yes. I and, love Alsatian wines. Big uh, fan. They're great. Yeah. And then I saw that being Austrian, growing up in Austria and living in the United States for 30 years, I saw not too many Austrian wines. Mm-hmm. So I made it my mission and goal that I am going to work on that. And Here you are. Uh, here and I we've am. actually uh, been to Austria together. On, yes, Lori, not, not just the two of us. It was a wine trip. <laughs> but uh, I actually got to visit all three of the wineries that we're going to taste the wines from today. And I, I, you do that for a lot of people in the trade. And it really does bring alive why Austrian wine is so special and the country, the beauty, um, because this is a lesser known region and people have a misconception that it's part of Germany and it's very uh, similar, but very different in the wines you're making and the grapes you're growing and those sorts of things. Yeah, that's our biggest challenge is that uh, people don't associate Austria as a wine and food country. We are known for music, obviously right. Mozart, Beethoven, Mm-hmm. Uh, even so, he wasn't Austrian, but uh, <laughs> uh, skiing, yes. Uh, right. We uh, have the best ski team in the world. If except it comes to Olympics, then the Americans always win. <laughs> Maybe we're not drinking enough uh, wine. But, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been growing wine around Vienna for decades and hundreds, thousands, thousands of years. Right. And um, we have kind of had a challenge because we are in the middle of Europe and were the center of two world wars. And then the Iron Curtain was surrounding the wine regions. Mm. So I always say Austria is the new kid in the old world. Oh, I like that. Because New kid on the block. The new kid. Uh, wine industry after world, post-World War II was bulk wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, was 
nothing special. We had a few, very few good wineries, but overall it was bulk juice. Yep. And what you need for a driving wine industry is tourism. When you go to Tuscany, when right. you go to California, Napa Valley, it is because it's tourism. And right. that just now started to happen when in 87, when the Iron Curtain fell, that's when we started to get into these areas. And now it's driving. It's just, Love it. Well, sommeliers, you know, those fancy French word for wine experts at restaurants and around the country are in love with this wine. The first wine we're going to taste, it's a called a grape called Gruner Veltliner. I hope I'm doing that pronunciation oh, you did just justice. Fine. I can say it pretty well because it's one of my favorite white wines in the world. So tell us a little bit about the Gruner Veltliner you brought us, our white wine. Well, this is a Gruner Veltliner from the Wachau, and the Wachau is really the premier wine region of Austria. And I say what I just said is Wachau is about 20 years ahead of the rest of Austria right. because we always had tourism in the Wachau. It's right on the Danube. It's only an hour outside of Vienna. Every Danube cruise stops in the Wachau and Dürnstein, where this wine comes from, is just absolutely beautiful. We have lots and lots of restaurants and chefs, and they are specializing in two wines, uh, Riesling, uh, which is a very small percentage what's grown in Austria, and then Grüner Weltliner, which is our most important grape because about 30% of the vineyards have this grape, mm. but the Wachau uh, is very special. Uh, it is. It uh, was very steeply terraced Yeah, vineyards. a little bit like Mosul in Germany. Not, we're not quite as steep, but you, uh, this I don't know. When I was walking in them, I thought they were pretty <laughs> steep. I was pretty winded. Well, you had to drink a lot of wine later <laughs> on, so we had to put you a little bit fresh yeah, air and some exercise. food and exercise. So tell me, um, this, this, the T26 Gruner Veltliner, how do you pronounce the... Um, well, Tegenseerhof, to start with, is the oldest Ooh, winery. Tegenseerhof. Okay. It's actually German. It's a monastery. Okay. And the winery started in 1176 when the German king gave this property in the Wachau to the monks. Mm -hmm. to, and they started making wine. And then in the 1800s, when it came Habsburger family, and then uh, it was privatized. And now Martin Middelbach is the fourth generation winemaker at this beautiful winery. We sat in these walls. Remember when we had mm -hmm. the lunch and Martin yes. just explaining us this wine? Uh, he's it's actually, passionate about it. He's, he's unbelievable. He's right. uh, very energetic. And you know, I've been working with him for 12 years now. And uh, just seeing before, first time he came to the X, I think you remember you met him once. He was like this young kid. Dad right. was still taking care of the winery and he was just traveling and crazy, crazy. He's still crazy, but now <laughs> he's crazy become good. a businessman. Yes. He's become a really, really good winemaker and knows how to promote his wines and talk about them. And this but, is the type of white I love because of this crisp acidity, um, but there's a lot of flavor here and even a little bit of minerality in there, all for $17. That's a great value for the well, quality Well, one of the reasons of why sommeliers like Austrian wine so far so much is because it's such a small region. It's small production. We are not having the Nielsen's Guide and a big corporation going in and tell them you make the, this style of wine. Right. We make true terroir wines, mm -hmm. which means the vineyard, the soil, the air, the grape determines the flavor of the wine. Right. And this wine probably tastes a little bit different every year, but I think every year it's delicious. Right. 
this particular wine is Frauen Weingarten. Yes, Tegens, the woman's vineyard, the you woman's said. The woman's vineyard. That's a former monastery. And that was the vineyard in the flat area close to the Danube, where we have more of the loose, the sandy soil. Okay. And one of those trips, uh, when I introduced people to this wine, the next day, nobody remembered which wine we liked the most. Obviously, we always liked the value wines, so right. the ones you can under $20 retail, still by the glass possibilities in restaurant. But we all remembered that the tank number 26 got us in trouble last night. Oh, and that's, so that's T26 when we decided comes in. T26 ah. is much easier to pronounce that Frauenweingarten Federspiel. Thank you for the T26. <laughs> I'll stick with that. So. You know what? Hold on to that thought. We're going to be right back. This is Lori Forster with The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point. We are talking Austrian wine. All the info on the wines that we have on the show today are going to be at thewinecoach.com. You can connect with me there or even on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just go to at thewinecoach. We're back with Klaus Wittauer of KW Selections, and we're tasting the wines of Austria and hopefully introducing or reintroducing them to my wine lovers listening out there. We're tasting the Gruner Veltliner, and tell me a little bit, there are different levels of ripeness that you indicate on the bottle in Austria. It's similar to what they do in Germany um, as far as the different levels of ripeness with the grapes. Tell me about Federspiel. Federspiel, yes. This is a term which comes from the falcon hunt. What? (laughs) And it is to to lure the falcon back, you play with the feathers, and it's Ah. called Federspiel. And translating that into the wine, this is the wine in perfect harmony. So Federspiel wines in the Wachau, in 1982, actually the Wachau, as a unit of some of the best winemakers, got together and wanted to separate themselves from the German wine industry because German wines are delicious and good, but in style they are different because Mm -hmm. Germany is further north. And wines are usually lower in alcohol and usually higher in uh, residual sugar, sometimes sweeter, most of the time sweeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Austrian wine is a little further south, close to Italy, and we get more ripeness in our grapes and higher alcohol levels. Right. And usually we use less residual sugar. So that's why we wanted to separate ourselves from Cabinet, Spätlese, Have and Auslese. Have your own levels. And unfortunately, only the Wachau, uses would it, these. it would be so nice if the whole Austria would be a unit. Mm-hmm. And we all would have the same terms, but only the Wachau got together, created, it's called the Vinea Wachau. And one wine, the entry-level wine is called Steinfeder, mm-hmm. which is the grass which grows and it's just, uh, but you will never really find uh, that wine in exported because you know, we have a lot of tourists in the Wachau. And they this drink all the- an uninteresting wine and they drink all <laughs> the Steinfeder and pay way too much for it. Oh, well, so I could I'm never glad bring we don't that. get it then. So I couldn't bring this over here and- and make money off it. But Federspiel is really the quality, which uh, perfect harmony. Okay. It's a wine, it can go up to 12.5% alcohol. Okay. cannot be higher. So this, and the acid and the residual sugar, it has to be all harmony. Right. And that's what's called Federspiel. Okay. And it's then delicious. the ones which the sommeliers and the wine geeks get crazy about is called Smaragd. These are the wines which sometimes for my being a sommelier, get a little bit over the top I think mm. the alcohol level can go to f- 15% sometimes. Ooh. And that's, for food pairings, sometimes a little bit Not difficult. Ideal. But still, there's some excellent right. examples out there. And those are the ones who make the 
the points because you know when you taste a hundred wines, right? The big which one guys is going to stick out? out. Well, so. you know what sticks out to me is that I'm guilty of this too. I always think of Austrian wines for white wines, and I do love this groovy. I call it for short the Gruner Veltliner, groovy, delicious. But one of the things I learned on the trip there with you was that red wine is also a specialty of Austrian wines, but I don't think people know that as much. And the grapes are a little different than what people are used to. So tell me about uh, the wine here. We have our first red that we're going to taste in the middle. What what do we have? Well, uh, yes, red wine. We have Zweigelt. Zweigelt yes. is the grape. And Zweigelt is a grape variety which was developed in the 20s by Professor Zweigelt at Stift uh, Kloster Neuburg outside of Vienna to make a grape variety which does ripen in a more central uh, European climate with cold winters and gets riper earlier. So Professor Zweigelt used uh, two grapes, one which is the Austria, the grape of Austria, it's called Blaufränkisch, which has always been grown in Austria, but it's a very hardy, late ripening grape. And he uh, crossed it with a Pinot Noir related grape, a grape which is more fruit forward uh, it's called Sankt Laurent. By mm-hmm. crossing those two grapes, he kind of created a grape which gets ripe every year and at those times also has a little, uh, a, a lot of grapes on the wine right. and makes a safe wine for the winery. Also for a white wine region to have a red wine which ripens every year and is easy to grow. So that's what Zweigelt. Uh, of course, over the years, we, we have changed the, the clones a little bit of Zweigelt uh, and many Zweigelts can be a little bit like Beaujolais, mm. Gamage, uh, okay. light and easy. Or Zweigelt can be always put it more into the Piedmont region, like Barbera Dolcetta. Ah, it's cherry, there's cherry fruit. There is usually very soft tannins in Zweigelt mm-hmm. and good acidity. Okay, so again, and it, that's the perfect recipe for a food-friendly red wine right there. It's there a we go. very similar Pinot Noir or Barbera. If you love those, you're going to definitely want to try this Weigelt. The one you brought me is from Anton Bauer. And Anton Bauer is very special in your story of Austrian wines, I believe, right? Isn't he one of the, well, one Tony, of the key and characters? I call, him, I call him Tony. So Anton Bauer and I basically, uh, he was the one uh, I started with uh, in the year 2000. I met Anton Bauer at a big wine fair in Vienna, the Vivinum. And basically, I tasted his wines. I liked his wines. I asked him if he wanted to come to the U.S. Uh, he came two months later with a suitcase full of samples. Those times we were still able to travel <laughs> overhead. You can't do that anymore. Not anymore. So, And uh, we basically, in one week, sold 200 cases of wine without having a label approval, without having wine in the U.S. We just went around to my friends and wow. people in the business and said, hey, this is, this is what I want to do. Right. And that's how I got started with Austrian wines. Nice. And so one of the secrets I try to tell people when I'm doing corporate events or wine tastings or whatever is finding an importer that you really gel with their taste in wine because you're kind of like our buyer in the in the country of Austria. You're like weeding through all the wineries and picking the ones that you feel are best and then bringing those to us here. So when I see KW Selections... I know, oh, okay, everything I taste from Klaus is awesome. So I'm going to trust anything I see with your label on the back. And then each region kind of has different importers that specialize in Spanish wine or Italian or 
or French for that yeah. matter. Um, and then you you distribute your wines through here in Maryland, a distributor called Siema. Yes, I have Siema. And this kind of uh, is this three-tier system that I don't think all our listeners really know about. But you have the winery, the importer brings it to the U.S., the distributor sells it to your restaurant or your wine store. So what I was trying to do is kind of cut one layer out and... I don't have the big uh, New Jersey warehouse and union and corporate office in New York with other big corporations. Right. I kind of work a little bit more direct in many different states where I have an importer who is also the distributor ah. and is one. And I have people always call me, call me importer. I'm really an exporter because ah. I have an export company in Austria. And I broker the. I, I represent these wineries in the U.S. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yes, uh, you've been on one of my trips, and I go every year two or three times to Austria to taste the wines. Right. Of course, now I have a selection of wineries I work with. I have become good friends with most of my wineries, and but we still select every year a group of wines, which then I want to go out there, which I want to drink myself, right. which I feel strong about. Of course, and, you gotta have passion to, to and sell, sell it. it. There's yeah. no, there's no uh, quotas. There's nothing I have to reach. My wineries don't tell me you have to sell this and start instead of getting that. Right. It's really just the choose what then you have in your glass or you guys uh, when you purchase a bottle of wine in a wine store or in a restaurant, a glass of wine. I, I stand hundred percent behind it. Yeah. Well, we I. Stand 100% behind the Anton Bowers Weigel. It's only $14 retail, which is this is unbelievable. Really, I mean, Zweigel usually is is this a lighter wine. This is going to be great for Thanksgiving in a few weeks. This is like the yeah. people, you know, Pinot Noir. Right. And find a $14 Pinot Noir uh, is almost impossible. Right. But this Zweigel has almost that that nice cherry fruit, mm-hmm. uh, good acidity, but easy to drink, no tannins, and right. it goes. I always say Zweigel is the best pizza wine. Oh. This is a great pizza wine. I love pizza Every too. Day, every day drinking. Perfect. Uh, we always have pizza the night before Thanksgiving. So oh. you just, you know, this is the wine for me. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with Klaus Wittauer of KW Selections. We have one more Austrian wine to taste. We'll be right back. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and we're back with the Sipping Point if you want to listen to any of the past shows, you can get my mobile app. Just go to thewinecoach.com slash app, and it's for iPhone and Android, and Klaus, it's 100% free. There's not many things out there that are free and will give you great wine. But speaking of great wine, uh, we tasted a Gruner Veltliner. We tasted a Zweigelt. But we have another red wine here from a very special producer, Leo Hillinger. Hillinger or Hillinger. You can say it however you want to say it, but Hillinger is the German way. (laughs) Hillinger. So what do we have? What's our last red? Well, the last red is Leiterberg. Okay. Leiterberg is a DOC, which is kind of the last hill on the Alps. Okay. And if it says Leiterberg on the label, it has to be 100% Blaufränkisch. Okay. Blaufränkisch is the Austrian rich, big red grape. Mm -hmm. Uh, Italy has Nebbiolo. That's in Barolo. Uh, California has Cabernet Sauvignon, that's in Napa Valley, and Austria has Blaufränkisch. Mm-hmm. And we have three different DACs, areas where when it says that region on the label, like Leiterberg, Blaufränkisch, Mittelburgenland, 
also Blaufränkisch. Okay. And then Eisenberg is another Blaufränkisch. And each one of them is going to be different. Right. Because Blaufränkisch is one of those grapes, like Pinot Noir too, is what it transports the soil into the, the glass. glass. And that's here you have slate. Right. And Much the, more. It's, I mean, I love the Zweigel, but this is an intense Well, we're talking wine, $15 right? before, and now we're talking $35, $40 from, right. uh, I mean, but still, if you compare this to a Barolo, do you mm -hmm. find a $40 Barolo, which is that's really good? That's hard to find. No, not no. often. Uh, 50 maybe. $40 Cabernet from California. Right. It's stretching it. Right. So here you have top quality juice. It's only 3,000 bottles produced of this wine. Wow. So very tiny production. And the great thing about the soil is that minerality. Mm. It, you know, you got, you got a lot of fruit. Right. And then also, I have to really talk about the vintages too. Because when I started 14 years ago, Austrian wines, especially red wines, did not taste that way. Ah, so it the, really, the quality the has the really come the on. The climate change and the way how we focus now on red wines. Uh, 2011 is a milestone. Okay. We have not had, I mean, there has been a few good vintages, but right. Austrian red wines actually didn't start till like 1997 was the first vintage you could talk about Austrian red wines. So wow. we are really, really young. And the thing too about Hillinger is that the winery itself is so, I mean, this is a gorgeous wine, but the winery is well, Leo gorgeous. Is it's like an ahead. architectural. I mean, if you look at the label and you see Hillinger's labels, it's way ahead of his time. And that label yes. design is 15 years old. Yes. And Leo, when he built his winery, uh, he built this he's inside no of the hill. Expense. And he's just a, a, a guy who knows how to, believes in himself, mm -hmm. which some people may sometimes think a little bit too much. He's too much. <laughs> he's but confident. He's very confident. Uh, well, if you look like that. Yeah, he's, he's quite attractive. So, the women <laughs> always love him. my husband's not listening. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> He's married. Okay. Um, and he loves his children now. So Aww. even so, he still travels around a lot. But uh, but I'll I'll put the link on my website to his because it's and also to yours, so folks can take a look at it. But uh, Klaus, I wish we had another half an hour to taste and Me talk too. about Austrian wine. Um, but I will link to your website on there. You're through Siema Distributors. People can find your wines in the area and i just want to thank you so much for joining us on the sipping point well thanks for having me laurie and cheers uh, prost, we i'm, say in I'm gonna be buying these for thanksgiving <laughs> please do see you soon and don't just for thanksgiving all that's year that's true every day all right cheers you're listening to the sipping point this is laurie forrester the wine coach those amazing austrian wines i had with klaus all the information can be found at thewinecoach.com mark your calendars for november 7th the Perfect Pairings Fundraiser at the Engineers Club in Baltimore. I'm going to be giving some free wine classes there. We have eight food stations and over 20 wines that we're going to be tasting. Valet parking including. It's only $85 a ticket. It's totally ridiculous. Um, you know what else is ridiculous? The amazing food at the Oregon Grill. I love their dry-aged prime steaks. They actually do it right there at the restaurant. And I if I feel like lightening up a little bit, I might have their pan-fried rockfish. The wine list, impeccable. Great affordable selections and some of those high-end celebration wines, too. Give them a call at 410-771-0505 to make a reservation. Next week, we'll be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life. And special thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, The Oregon Grill, and Wine World.